You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode contains topics that some listeners may find triggering. See the episode description for more information. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Mama's Talking Loud. I'm Jessica Rush. And I'm Kara Cooper. And this is part two of our episode with diva extraordinaire, Stephanie J. Block. Okay, so skip to me finishing that, then us going back to what that looked like and kind of starting from scratch. Because when you do walk away, right, all the assistance that helps you to get pregnant, you kind of have to start from scratch. It needs to be a continual thing. So we start up again, and he and I get an invitation, really crazy, out of the blue, but a dear girlfriend of mine, her husband has connections to the president of Rwanda, and they're cel- not celebrating, but they're kind of uh, memorializing the genocide that took place there, and they are asking women of different cultures who have some sort of uh, recognition or status, and I'm using air quotes for those who can't see it, <laughs> to uh, come to Rwanda and be... Um, We're going to speak to these girls' colleges that are opening up to celebrate and to recognize what was lost and to look forward and move forward. And I thought, oh, this is an invitation of a lifetime. I I just think we have to go, Mm -hmm. Seb. So we planned our, you know, excursions, trekking with the gorillas, Mm -hmm. and we planned all of these really exciting things that were going to happen in Africa. And I go to my uh, general practitioner. Of course, I go to all of my fertility specialists, and they're like, are you effing crazy? (laughs) No, you need to be on your back with your legs in the air and (laughs) coming here every week and doing what you need to do. Because if you go on this trip, then you are going to come back, and it will be six months before we really can get Get a move. Uh huh. And you're getting older. And I thought, I just don't think God would place this. Maybe it was. Maybe it was a test. I don't Mm -hmm. know. But this trip just kept calling me. And there was also something about um, Mother Earth stepping on the land of Africa, taking what that is, looking at the sunsets, being with my husband and kind of starting anew. Mm Because we did get in that rut. And like I said, I was being a little unkind and prickly. And I thought this would be the best reset. So I go to my general practitioner, who is very worldly. And it's free. <laughs> <laughs> it would be <laughs> So he looks at me and he says, "Are you? do you think you're pregnant? I said, no, I don't think I am. And his whole demeanor changed. And he said, that makes me really sad Then you, when you say that. Because I believe you could be, whether it's one day or two days, if you guys are continuing to be intimate, if you are no longer on birth control, if you then there is a chance you're pregnant. And every time you come in here, you kind of look down at the floor and say, no, I don't think I am. Why don't you believe that you are? He said, first of all, you can go to Africa if you want, but I cannot give you. The CDC says, even if there's an infinitesimal chance that you are pregnant, I can't give you the malaria shot. I can't give Mm -hmm. you the vaccine for yellow fever. So you would be taking a real risk going to Africa. Mm -hmm. So I go, well, that sucks. He said, do me a favor. Pretend you're pregnant for the next two weeks. Walk around this city and waddle. Sit 
When you're in the subway, look at somebody and say, I'm so sorry, do you mind if I sit down? I'm pregnant. If you're at Starbucks, you have to use the restroom. Tap on somebody's shoulder and say, do you mind if I go before you? I'm pregnant. Guys, I did that. Ten days later, I was pregnant. <laughs> I remember Speak you telling it. me the story it I, is when we were doing that concert, so... and I was like, "What? It's yeah, incredible! No, it, it's bonkers! It's bonkers!" And I, something inside of me told me that I was, and I thought it's just in my head. But as strange as it sounds, my symptoms were there was this taste in my mouth that was so foreign. Mm. It was almost like sucking on pennies or something mm, all day long. Yeah. And I kept flossing and brushing my teeth and gargling with Listerine. <laughs> I was like, why is there death in my mouth all day? <laughs> and then my back broke out, which I have many problems. We can talk about the veins and the cellulite. That could be a whole nother episode. But I've never had acne in mm. any way, shape, or form. And my back, I looked like a 14-year-old girl. And I was like... Mm. Oh, yeah. Uh, something's, something's happening. Right. Mm -hmm. And I took, uh, I asked Seb, when are you coming home? When are you coming? I'm on my way. Oh, no, they need to do another scene. I'll be home soon. I was like, I'm taking this pregnancy test. Up to that point. Did you tell him what you were waiting for? No. Okay. Because up to that point, we had made a promise to each other. If I take a pregnancy test, he was always right there. Oh, that's if lovely. Literally, we did none of this on our own. It was always he and I. He came to every doctor's appointment. He did it all with me holding my hand. And so I knew I was breaching a confidence mm -hmm. by taking this test, but I had to. And it said, you know, you can now take pregnancy tests that tell you if you're less than a week right. pregnant. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to get excited, but I used all three of those sticks and all three said I was pregnant, but less than a week. And I was like, hamana, hamana, hamana. Do I tell him? Do I not? So I picked him up for the train station that day with all of the baby things we had acquired before with every pregnancy that didn't come to fruition. And I put them in the back seat and I put this big ass teddy bear in a seat belt with the pregnancy test. And he was super confused. <laughs> and he just kept looking in the back seat and I said nothing. And he's like, oh my God. And we both just started to cry and we didn't, we said, we're not going to put expectations, but my body did it. My body did it on its own. My body did it, I think, in the exact right time. Africa never happened. But, you know, it, new was, journey was it was exactly right, I think, for us. Um, and that's that. And she's healthy and she's perfect. And my pregnancy was uh, great in the sense that I never had any sort of medical scares, per se. But I was older. So, you know, I felt it that in my lovely, knees and my back and my geriatric ankle. Geriatric I've had one too. <laughs> I mean, could they come up with oh something different? It's got to be better. Please. Oh my my two fights are the geriatric pregnancy and when people say nine months. It's ten, ten months. Ten, ten. <laughs> Some doctor man person was like, oh, yeah, just nine months. No, 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 no sir. No, no. Let's go back to our right. calendars. Right. So because I'm pretty sure I've been <laughs> hauling this person around yeah. for a Longer than Let's that. look at 40 to 42 weeks. Okay. 10, <laughs> 10 months. Do the math. So that always, you know. Um, but there was a great celebration. There was an in, admittedly an instant love for this beautiful little parasite in my body. <laughs> <laughs> but I never felt the way my mother said I was going to feel or my sister said I was going to feel or the majority of my friends said I was going to feel. And so that little dark cloud followed me and I just kept saying, release judgment, release judgment. This baby understands you, you understand her, and you are going to be the best mama because she's never had a mama. Actually, Megan Hilty gave me that um, sort of 
advice. She always said, I don't want to ever give you advice because I hate when other mothers give me advice. But here it is. She's never had a mama. You've never been a mama. You're perfect for each other. She yeah. knows no different. You know no different. This is exactly the mm-hmm. way it's supposed to be. For You're the going both on of the you. journey together. That is right. And it released yep. a whole lot of shoulds and shouldn'ts and, and guilt that I was feeling. And then I met her. And she was, she's remarkable. And I do feel the, I am a mama to the nth degree. And I'm a mama bear to the even beyond nth degree. Um, But our journey was very strange and all over the place. And, uh, you know, every story is going to be completely different, Mm -hmm. really completely different. And our my labor and delivery was a complete nightmare. It was terrible. (laughs) Oh, no. It really was. Yeah. Yeah. Everything from I wanted to do my labor at home. I had a doula, and that worked out great for like the first 12 hours. Uh, It started at 3 o'clock in the morning. I was like, honey, it's happening. (laughs) (laughs) Write it down. So what I'm feeling is it's coming from the back to the front. And it was so like, you know, uh, Reese Witherspoon in some romantic comedy of something, something. And he's journaling. And then five hours later, I'm on the yoga ball, just making hum noises Mm -hmm. and calling my doula. And she's like, not there yet, not there yet. And then all of a sudden, those contractions were happening every 30 seconds and taking me like, whoa. Yeah. So I did end up in the hospital. um, And then things went horrible horribly wrong from them putting the epidural into my bloodstream <gasps> and me going on to cardiac arrest oh. and brain dead watch for a while. What? It, yeah. Stephanie. No, it wow. was, we had a couple life-threatening moments, but she's a fighter. I'm a fighter. It, it just, it was not pretty. Nobody oh. be scared out there because again, my story is not going to be your right. story. There are all kinds of stories. It's all kinds Absolutely. of stories. So my pregnancy was great, but that 24-hour labor and delivery was yeah. um, a nightmare. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Yikes. Yeah. yeah. And then I finally got to meet her. Like, I, they couldn't put her on my chest after the emergency C-section for a number of reasons. And it, that's, I just didn't vision what the day turned out to be. And then when I met her, we talked to each other, and I was oogly-googly, and we sang happy birthday, (laughs) and we chose her name. We had three different names, but when I saw her, I knew exactly that she was a Vivian. And then finally, after all this chatter of how beautiful she was, and I love her lips, and da-da-da, and I said, but boy, did you hurt me. And she was like, And thus begins. And then thus yes. began. Once I, you know, g- g- yeah. kind of pointed my yeah. finger, oh, look what you did to me. Then it all fell right. apart. She's like, where's that guy? Yeah, you know? right. <laughs> I, I want to see him again. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Wow, Steph. That's it's like quite such a story. It's quite the story. And it's one of those things, you know, we talk about with our careers, too. But, like, speak it. Speak it into existence. Yeah. Believe it. Yeah. And I'm a big believer in manifestation. And, yep. and, and yes, we both are. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, it's, it's really true. Like, I knew the city was um, hindering me in that way. It, my sister lives, you know, in, in rural northern California. Not so rural, but it's like 20 m- miles above Sacramento. So it doesn't have this pace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. S- similar with my mother, a different generation, a different time, a different mm-hmm. um, tempo of life. And I just knew that the go, go, go and the panic, panic stress and that the, the, was affecting me in some way. I didn't want to recognize it as stopping me from conceiving. Um, and then with the pregnancies, I didn't want to 
point the finger at the city or myself or the lifestyle that I have chosen right. as an actress to hinder me from keeping a pregnancy. But something in me said, it's time to move away yeah. just so you can breathe differently. Mm. And something in my mind, whatever that fraction was, 1%, 2%, was creating a wall and not allowing me to get pregnant or keep the, the baby. Mm. And I love that that doctor said oh, that yeah. to you. Yeah. I mean, that's a special doctor. Yeah, he is be, very special. To, to take that in and take in that you were so sad every time you came in and yep. that you needed to come in with hope yeah. and to believe it. That sadness was certainly affecting my fertility. Yeah. 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 And certainly um, to anybody listening, obviously many people struggle with getting pregnant and yeah. a lot of time believing it can happen doesn't Still always doesn't. make it happen. Right. You know, so we recognize that as well. Um, oh but, gosh, yes. You know, Again, it's nobody's... There's no fault in in not getting pregnant. There's no None. fault in losing a baby. Um, again, the only thing I can remember, my voice teacher since I was 11, so she's far more than a teacher to me. She is a mentor and she is a, a second mother. And so after <clears throat> the last miscarriage before giving birth to Vivi, she just heard me weeping, weeping, weeping. And she said, you've got to understand there's an angel up there saying, that's my mama. Mm. So the ones before, that, that they weren't meant to be yours in some capacity. Your little angel keeps saying, no, no, she's my mama. She's my mama. So when Vivi came, I was like, I am your mama. <laughs> and that one allowed me to yeah. just release yeah. all mm -hmm. of the loss and look forward to that precious, special, and um, singular gain that was meant to be mine. Yeah. yeah. She's a special little girl. Yes, she is. She's up. She burst into the scene, oh, right? She's a life force. Uh-huh. Yep. For now sure. that she's a part of the scene, yeah. when did you return back to work? How did that look for you? Um, it, it came, uh, let's see, a phone call for Falsettos came um, before she was even five months old. Mm. So I was not ready in any way, shape, or form. The mm -hmm. depths of I it. was in the depths yeah. of it. As Eric says, he always says it's outer space. For it like, is. For, like, for the first three months, you're like in it outer is. space. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and our spacesuit is kind of our robe, and we're stuck yeah. to this chair either breastfeeding or getting ready to breastfeed again. You yeah. really are. Yeah. It's like a whole different world. Um, and I was so sad because I wanted to immediately say yes, but I knew that this just, that formula wasn't gonna work at that time. But I didn't wanna say no. So I kept myself in this limbo of, well, let's keep talking, let's da 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 And um, again, God in the universe intervened and said, we're having trouble finding our cast. And it took them over a year to huh. get the people that they wanted. Christian Borrell, Andrew Reynolds, da da da. It wasn't necessarily me because I had to, <clears throat> those two were, who they wanted to set right away. And then subsequently I had to go in for an audition, but it was 16 months after I gave birth. Wow. And that was a whole what different a story. Yeah. So it was she and I day in and day out and really forming this bond that I needed. And now I truly believe she needed as well. And Falsettos was my first coming back and playing a mom. And yes. it really, again, that lightning in the bottle of where your crossroads of your real life meets your storytelling life. And it's just this... Um, it's something I can't quite articulate, but there's an authenticity, there is a depth, there is a sadness, there is a gain, there is a loss. I mean, it really is 
20-fold of what I was able to bring uh, to work every day and, and infuse into Trina because I was truly living that exhaustion and um, a sadness, and yet everything else was, right? It's all these dynamics of you're more in love than you ever have, and yet you feel pain more sharply oh, than you ever have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's so crazy, the dynamic and the full spectrum of being a mama. Mm-hmm. I always say as artists and people in the theater, we feel things to different extremes. Mm-hmm. Our lows are lower than most people and, and our, our highs, highs are, are higher. higher. Adding the level of the, or the layer of being a, a mother to that, oh it's just like, <laughs> it can rock you to the bottom and it can shoot you to the uh-huh. sky. It's it really, really interesting. And it's because uh, we know this industry, nothing is set in stone. Mm-hmm. And with your children, nothing is set in stone. So you're just looking for that yeah. anchor. Yeah. And I'd say 80% of the time you're a bit unmoored because mm-hmm. you just are not sure that also makes us kick ass and stronger and I think extremely resilient. Um, and I am, you might have to bleep this out, but I am in the do not fuck with me nope. <laughs> stage of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to sit down and really talk about life? Then let's, let's do, do it. it. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. No, we're definitely yeah. there. I mean, we, <laughs> yep. you know, <laughs> Yeah. I, I mean, my husband, you know, he says, he's like, you have just in the last year or so, you know, started when she was first born, uh-huh. but just sort of becoming more aware of the fact that there was more. It's you more. Know? Because we grew up, I mean, same, you know, like community theater, doing all the things, everyone having these expectations, parents included, you know what I mean? Like the pushing, the pushing. Right. And then you have this child and you think, oh my gosh, but this matters. Like, yeah. This yeah. is real over yeah. here. And I love this person. I want to literally put her back inside my body because right. I want to protect her and love her so hard. And then- We've gotten to this point now, I feel like, where it's just like, come at me. Right. Yeah. Come at me. That's because right. I'm getting we're older. we're doing the hardest thing got- there is to yes. do. Yeah. Uh, we say our heart is literally outside of our body, mm-hmm. and there's no other way to put that. But we love, we love, we love, we want them close. But every day, all we're doing is against our instincts of giving them the tools to go further and the further flying. and further away from us. Mm-hmm. So that just works against everything. What every emotion in your body is saying you want to do, but you also know what you should do. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very rare that people actually do do that. So not to say unless you're a mama, but there is an unspoken language amongst mothers saying, this is fucking hard and it hurts, but I also know it's so much better for this little person that I brought into the world Mm -hmm. to give her those tools, to walk into something that could be dangerous. Of course, I'm going to be right there if it becomes that, but it's, it's a trust. It's an unconditional love. It's unconditional prayer. And it's literally, a friend of mine said, it's like putting your baby in the middle of a highway and just hoping everybody swerves (laughs) around her. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Because life (laughs) is that. Mm-hmm. complicated and and scary mm-hmm. and we've brought them into that complicated yeah. scary world and you're just relying on everybody else to kind of go around that that precious cargo of yours mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah I think I also think coming to motherhood later in life gives you um, a better perspective on on the dangers. I shouldn't say better. If you're a mother when you're young, that's wonderful. But I know when I was young, I just, everything felt invincible. Things sure. just felt, and maybe if I had become a mother then, my perspective would have shifted immediately. Right. But I think having lived more life before having a child has just given me 
a better perspective of the world around me, of what I want, of what I want for them, about how I want to help mold them into human beings that I want to be a part of society. Right. You know, maybe I'm mistaken in that, but I feel like that is one of the benefits to coming to motherhood a little later. A little later in life. Yeah. Then there's also the... (laughs) <laughs> the takeaway that you know what life was that before is true. this is you true. You know what that brunch in Huntington true. Beach was <laughs> and, and sleeping in. Right. And we like talk that. about siblings. I don't believe my body could do that. But the idea of bringing another child into our family. And then I do think, you really want a two-year-old right. or a three-year-old at 50? Is yeah. that something you yeah. want? You know, is that something that's good for them? So that conversation constantly takes place and what that might look like. And also, is that good for Vivi or is that not good for Vivi? It's, it's constant dialogue with yourself, with your husband, mm-hmm. with your kid. It's just a Well, and once you constant. get to that point, once you get to five and they're potty trained and they're yeah, in school and right. they're gone during the day or yeah. whatever and they're doing their own thing and you think, am I really going to go back to diapers? To diapers? Holy and, cow. And like up every two hours to nurse or mm-hmm. what, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you're just like, and then the day in, day out of like juggling auditions mm-hmm. and childcare and all the things, you know, because there but is isn't a, it strange that we somehow forget Get also mm-hmm. the the pains of pregnancy and the pains of labor and the thing for that to even creep back into my head. I was like, "Girl, are you sick? Are you sick in your head? Have you forgotten how hard that <laughs> but was?" But then Vivi looks up at you and you're like, "Oh, why yeah. are you so cute?" And I oh, I see my future in your little face, and I see Seb's future and past in your little face, and you know, it is. It's a wild ride, it's and I, so I would love – my sister, like I said, has five children, and they range wow. from 23 to 7. Oh, Same husband, gosh. same everything. Wow, so she's kind of at every stage of motherhood. Yeah. And when I look at that, her story is so beautiful to me, but then I think – Am I just a spectator? Now, what would it be like to be the, you know, the strong female lead in her story? And right. that's far more than I'm, I'm willing to take on. <laughs> well, and I think what we do for a living, I mean, we've talked about this, like as right. we, you know, what comes next in the career and, and how does that play into motherhood and affect it and what jobs you decide to take and that's if you right. go out of town yeah. or, you know, I mean, Seb had that nice long run on Madam Secretary. We were so lucky I that mean, I was able to be here on Broadway and bring home that paycheck and feel artistically fulfilled. And he's filming in Brooklyn. And, you know, we had the health insurance. Yeah. We had yeah. the whole package. Yeah. But now we're at a different chapter where his Madam Secretary is over. I'm scoping out the landscape of what that looks like as a as an actress and an actress of this certain age. And also what that means going back mm-hmm. to work. The performance schedule is something I can handle. It's the rehearsal schedule. If there's mm-hmm. out of town, I think I would really have to think on that really long and hard. Yeah. yeah. Really and hard. have a plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but even the rehearsal schedule, you know, living out of the city, you're on that train really early, but you're still up earlier to make With the lunch kids. and uh-huh. braid the hair and make yep. sure, you know, all of that stuff is taken care of. Then you don't get home until you rush to catch the right. 611 train or 615 train. Yep. You're not really home till seven. You share dinner with them, and then that's it. Mm-hmm. So you're getting a half hour to 45 minutes with your precious, yeah, precious yeah. one, and, and that's the hard part. Yeah. yeah. When you did Out of Town with Cher, did mm-hmm. you bring Vivi the with you? The whole kit and caboodle, yeah. the dog, the nanny, the kid, the husband. He kept going back and forth to film, but I'd say a good 60% of the time he was there. He was there. And I will say that the producers were extraordinary that's in that way. Too. So Jeffrey Seller and Floaty Suarez and... 
share. Um, she, she physically wasn't necessarily there, but you know, her funds were yeah. paying for my apartment and my ability to live as a mom and be the quote unquote star of, of the share show. Well, and I think that that's a conversation that's starting to become, there's a more visibility around and awareness yeah. around those of us who continue and not to, obviously lots of men have always been dads and of continue course. to work. It's not even a thing. No one, because no one thinks about that. Everyone's nope. like, well, what will the, what's the mom doing? That's right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, now as there, we're coming into a time, I think where more and more women are choosing to continue to be in the theater or, mm-hmm. you know, and have children. Um, thank you for, you know, you're one of the people who is out there and you say, I need X, I need Y, I need yeah. Z. This is what this I'm work. doing to make That's this right. work. And, and it's they not- value you. As an artist enough to say, let's support her in her life. It's not a threat. It's just, hey, if you choose to hire me, I'd love to do your job. And I am going to need a car home because Mm -hmm. I am a mom of a young kid and I live out of the state and I'm going to need X, Y, Z. No pressure. If that doesn't Mm -hmm. work for you guys, that's fine. But you did happen to... um, fall in love with what I brought to the character. And if that's something you really want, the only way that's going to happen is if this happens, you know, that's all, that's all, that's all it is. And that's the conversation though. It's like, we get so worried about even bringing it up sometimes. Right. right? And I, and I do think there is a difference obviously when you are the lead of the show, as opposed to maybe an ensemble player or something along those lines. But the more times that we can all sort of add to the conversation, you know, I, I got an offer for a show and I said, it did cross my mind to to ask for a childcare stipend yeah. mm-hmm. during rehearsals, and then I thought, oh, but what if they say no? Then I'm, you know what I mean? And you start to go yeah, and spend, yeah. And then you're like, oh my god! But then they'll probably be like, oh, she's a mom, and so like, right. we're not going to. It's pay not an like, ego thing. No, it's a necessity. It's, it's necessity. Thing. Like right. the cost right. of right. childcare. The only way I can do this job is right. if, and then right. ellipses. Well, that's the thing, and you know, especially like you were talking about rehearsal schedules. It's you know they sort of just say from. Uh, Tuesday to, or from Monday to Saturday, 10 to six, we can call you. That's right. And you're like, okay. And then there are days where they'll say you're only needed from three to six. And you're like, but I've already paid for childcare That's because right. you told me I had to be 10 to right. six. That's right. And the, the lack of, um, of scheduling a few more days in advance so mm-hmm. that we can adjust our schedule and not spend an extra $200 and mm-hmm. waste it just to sit in a room or wander the city because they happen to be working on different scenes that right. day. You know, I it's know. like, oh, just to give boy. it some some forethought, like to think, oh, well, can we, because maybe you can plan what you want to work on. Yep. You know, yeah, exactly. like, are we really going to do these? Or? And that's, I mean, that's on a Broadway contract where that's the money can actually facilitate childcare I mean, you're going to put your whole paycheck toward it. That's right. But if you're doing something off-Broadway, if you're doing something in the more developmental stages, it doesn't even come close. Right. But you need to be able to put that time in. I'm thrilled that I'm going to work at the Atlantic, right? Mm -hmm. I'm just thrilled. I know I'm not making any money. Right. That's okay. The piece is worth it. Being in the right. room with Sarah Silverman and Annie yeah. Kaufman and Linda Lavin is worth it. But I'm not going to pay to right. be in the show. Do you right. know what right. I mean? Right. So we have to just talk about how this can be a wash. It can mm-hmm. be an experience. It can right. be investment s- an for investment. Yourself. Exactly. But I can't keep dipping into my own account week after week after week. So let's just talk about what that looks like. And Mm -hmm. if we can work something out, awesome. And Mm -hmm. they too were awesome. 
Yeah. It's, well, it I think a it says give and take. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what negotiations are, right? Yeah. It's yeah. what it is. Well, and it's a testament to who you who are, you what are. you bring to the table Thanks. as well, that they want so badly to have you there and that they're willing to do that. And I think that more and more people may find that when they make the investment in the artist as a whole, that the rewards. You're going to get a better great. artist. Yep. Yeah. That's right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> That was, that was easy. That was easy. (laughs) I do want to say though, make sure, let everyone know you guys start your run of the bedwetter in April. Is that when it starts? Oh my gosh. No, well, it's all right. Don't hold you to Started rehearsing Isn't yet, that crazy? So you're not even, like, my mind goes, okay, I've got a concert this Friday, no, right, and then I've got right. the Cafe Carlisle. Yeah. So I'm just checking yes. off you one literally by one. Have you to got... look like a week in advance. Yes, yeah. it yeah. is this spring, and you can go to no. the website. <laughs> no, make sure to catch her. I know you don't start rehearsals. The Bedwetter so. at the Atlantic yes, Theater exactly. coming at you. That's right. Yes, by yes. Sarah Silverman. Exactly. Thank It'll you. be a fantastically good time. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, it's my privilege. Thank you. We're so thrilled. Thanks everybody for tuning in. See you next week. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Mama's Talkin' Loud. Special shout-outs to Rachel Spencer Hewitt for our fabulous graphic, Kristen Anderson Lopez, Bobby Lopez, and Justin Ward-Weber for our awesome theme song, our producers Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, and of course, the Broadway Podcast Network for bringing us to you. If you like what you're hearing and you want to keep the conversation going, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and of course, subscribe and review us wherever you listen to your podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.